want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having coming in from Seattle and all over the world through the digital platform called the internet. Yarlo coming in from JMB Fitness. We are going to talk about martial arts. We're going to talk about strong mind and body. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship and we're going to talk about whatever else we want to. So Yarlo, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Awesome. So look, you started out um, quote unquote as an athlete, but doing your own sport you know, as a martial artist, uh, as a kid, talk about how that kind of, you know, was important to your uh, development and, you know, how it led you to where we are today. Yeah. So, you know, all the kids, you get into that community center, karate, right? Everyone puts, your parents put you in, they're like 12 years old. And I kind of just kept at it, you know, like I started that, that, then I got into boxing, I wrestled, you know, kickboxing, taekwondo, and then, you know, all that kind of stuff hit hard in the 90s, right? When you had the MMA starting, UFC, and I sort of kind of got into that. So kept going on that, did jujitsu, um, and it all kind of fit because my parents, they were in healthcare, and I knew I wanted to get into that. So I ended up going to physical therapy school too. Right. So all my life, gotcha. like, I'm like, oh, this, you know, this fitness thing, this performance thing, it, it just hit me. You know, and then martial arts, I like that way better than, you know, football, basketball, all that kind of stuff was great. But for me, I, I found my fitting and, and that kind of stuff. And so that's just what I've been doing. Physical therapy, did a lot of outpatient orthopedic work, sports, athletes, all that kind of stuff. So it all kind of just gelled together, you know. Yeah. And then when, when you take a look at, you know, when did you decide, or was it when you were in your teens that like, right. Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to set my own path. Um, I'm not updating my resume for anybody but myself. Right. Right. Well, you know, like, uh, physical therapy, they have a, it's a big part of that too. Like if you didn't want to work in hospitals, right. You didn't want to work in nursing homes. I had a lot of mentors. They're like, you know, you got to start your own clinic or you got to start your own business. And they were the same thing that like you said, like they were, you know, the guys, right. The guys that open up their own clinics because they can't work for anybody else. Right. They can't, no one's going right, no right. to have them. And so yeah. I was lucky. I had a couple of mentors. Yeah, you're so entrepreneur. Uh, yeah. You're so entrepreneur so fast because you're unemployable. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I had a, I was lucky. I had a couple of mentors, uh, they own gym. I had a couple of guys that own gyms that are like really helped me out, uh, new guys that own clinics. And so after a bit, I was working 
on my own. And then I got together with a couple guys and that's how we got GMB fitness. You know, that this was back in the early two thousands and, you know, people were, were, uh, really just starting to get into like sort of this alternative fitness stuff where we were talking about skills and movement versus, you know, just working out or, you know, gaining muscle, lose fat, that kind of thing. And so we were kind of at that vanguard of, you know, you know, your fitness should really, uh, fit what you want out of it. Right. A lot of people are like, oh, I got to work out. I got to do this. You know, they're, they're on machines, they're doing stuff, but they weren't, you know, you weren't really feeling it because they're like, well, what am I doing this for? Right. And so we're right. like, well, skill training really helps people understand what their body's like you know, getting up and down, moving around. And we all had martial arts background. We all had that kind of thing. So we were actually working out for something, right? You sometimes you ask people, well, what are you working out for? Like, I don't know. People say it's good for me, right? And that really Probably doesn't last too long, right? If you don't know what you're working out for, what you're training for, it's really easy to go, well, what the hell am I doing this for? And then you kind of just stop, yeah. Right. So when did you decide that, you know, one, you could do things locally. Um, obviously you got uh, a following and, uh, you know, you're an authority on, on the space, you know, when you started to go digital and say, Hey, I could replicate this and I could get other trainers around the world, you know, to basically further and expand your curriculum and, and programming. Um, did that seem like a natural extension? Were you kind of concerned at all as an entrepreneur that like, Hey, I'm basically like documenting my special sauce or are you like, Hey, look, yeah. I got a lot of conviction for this. It's bulletproof scientifically, you know, right. let's just hit go. Uh, that's a good question. Well, a lot of this started, like I said, I met my partners, Ryan and Andy, we were, you know, doing seminars for different organizations we met through, right? And this was, again, lots of people like workshops. So you travel around, you're teaching, you know, we're teaching, uh, uh, different ways of, again, the alternative movement culture type of thing this is back in the early two thousands. And we actually started out with, uh, this kind of yoga ish program. Cause that's how you sell things, right? You gotta, if people didn't get what we were doing, well, they know what yoga is. But it's the same thing, right? You're moving around, right. you're, you're understanding how your body, breath, mind works. And, you know, we were doing a lot of the kind of flow yoga stuff. And you know how that goes. We made DVDs. After a bit, we're like, oh, you can put PDFs online. You can do uh, downloadable videos. And so we started with that. And, you know, that worked out pretty good. And then we got more and more kind of people asking us, well, certify us in this kind of stuff and so we did more right. seminars more more kind of stuff like that and they were like you know we can only go so many places and so yeah i think it was an organic extension of well we can get things out here but you know do we want to be traveling every weekend so, you know we did that for a bit yeah. but but uh, yeah like i said this is back when you were kind of printing your own dvds um <laughs> You know, doing those kind of spiral bound notebooks type of thing. This was like 2004, 2005. Sure, sure. Right. And, and then we're yeah, like, oh, spent okay. a lot of time in Kinko's. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Back in the day, and, FedEx Kinko's. Like, uh, and, and you know I how the trouble. I just my email there, <laughs> print out all these playbooks. 
Oh, how that's the trouble with it, right? Once you oh, start printing it out, you you mess something up. You got to print it again. So, like you know, the digital landscape yeah, is yeah. is awesome because you're like, well, uh, I figured I I, I want to update this, right? This was back in. Remember, what was the name of that stuff? ClickBank, right? These these older yes. kind of affiliate things where oh yeah, you get this PDF, you get this these downloadable videos. You know, it was easy to edit your video, upload a new, upload a new thing, right? And now it's even easier with the stream, streaming, and all right, we can update things. Yeah. Our, our so, companies. how much time do you spend? How much time do you spend now on working on your digital side of your business or virtual versus actually in person teaching classes oh, yeah. or being around it's, people? Well, for me and and our partners, it's like ninety percent digital right we what we've done over the last few years though is really uh up our certification programs and so we got trainers again all over the world they're the ones mostly doing the workshops right or they you know we had kind of a pause that last two years or whatever but you know they're the ones you know on, on the ground locally but also we provide a lot of resources for them to keep in the digital space too, right? All the Zoom classes, all the kind of stuff. We have private communities where we can live stream. That's it's huge. People really enjoy the whole live stream classes thing. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So, you know, from a standpoint of, um, you know, obviously you're, you're reaching a significantly more, you know, volume of people and trainers. Through COVID, obviously that was the best way to, and only way to scale the business. Right. You know, in what's your like personal comfort zone of, hey, I'll keep doing this virtual. I'll do classes online, but is there a part of you that needs like physical, social oh, group yeah. settings, you know, classes? Like, how do you think about that as like, you might say, hey, look, I got this awesome scalable digital business, but I'm, I feel like shit. Cause I don't talk to anybody. I don't yeah. leave my house. Oh yeah. Right? That's so huge. How do you that for yourself? That's huge. Um, well, we are starting to do more in-person stuff for sure. Um, locally I teach classes and, uh, you know, I teach martial arts, but I also occasionally do a workshop. Like I've done hip workshops, shoulder workshops and that type of thing. Um, yeah, you really can't be in person for, you know, that really hooking somebody, right? Really getting that feedback, immediate feedback to people. And you hear, you feel, you see them just click. Like I, you can, you can get some of that through like digital and live stream. And, you know, we do a lot of live Q and A stuff, right? That kind of really quick interactive things where people could ask questions and you're, you know, you're performing, you're doing all that stuff, but in person, yeah, you, you can't beat it can't do that yeah so when you kind of take a look and this is for other entrepreneurs you know love to get into your your psyche of you know how do you define success and is it anything that it turns into quantifiable or do you just say hey, look i'm in a good place i feel good my business is growing you're not like what did we do last month how many memberships do we sell? How many right. people showed up this event? How much of it is like, you got a lot of autonomy and freedom, which I do too. I'm probably unemployable 
by anybody <laughs> else unless they want me to be, run the place. Like I'm not reporting <laughs> right. to anyone except like a board of directors. I'm assuming you're the same way. At the same time, you kind of set your own criteria for what success looks like and how much time I want to allocate towards it. And if you allocate more time, you probably get more results. But at the same time, like, you know what? There's a law of like diminishing yeah. emotional or psychological return. So how do you think about that if you were kind of advising a younger version of yourself? Yeah, I think that's huge. We talk about this a bunch. So when we first started, we're like, well, what the hell? We don't, we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. We're like, oh, let's just put it out there. And then, uh, yeah, we did good. Then we actually hit a point. It was around 2015, 2016, you know, about five, six years into it where we just jumped up and we're like, oh, what the hell? We really hit it. And, yeah. you know, it's the scale thing, just like we were talking about. So we started out with like, we had six people, 10 people in the company. Then we hit a certain point where we're like, whoa, we got to hire more people. And so we got up to like 20, 22, 24, but that's the, that death zone, right? It, you're too small to, to really scale up further and you're too big. So you got all these people we got to manage. And for a couple of years, we're right. like, okay, we need to keep going. We need to keep going. But we hit that thing where we're like, all of a sudden we're like, what the hell are we doing now? Like now we're trying to manage people. We're right. trying to do all this. And business took control of you. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And you know, yeah. we, you could have seen it coming because everything we're reading, everyone's like, you know what? Once you hit that 20 to 40 mark, you better get the hell out of there. Right. You either got to get bigger or you got to figure out a way to get, you know, get back to smaller. And we're like, oh, we're fine. Right. So what you're saying is fully borne out. You're like, well, shit. So after a period of time, you know, we hit some heart we have to make some hard choices. We're like, okay, we're going to drop down again. And it's exactly what you're saying is like the business starts, you're stuck to run you. And so in terms of success, yeah, we always knew we wanted to, one of our things was like, we got to change the way people look at what fitness means, what exercise means and make it really meaningful to them. And so that they can continue on and they can get better and not feel like they're just spinning their wheels. Like we can get better, you know, we're getting older, but you know, we're changing the goalposts, right? We're kind of working towards what really matters for us, whether that's performing better at a particular sport or just, you know, being a good overall person, right? And so that's, that's our metric for success. We see our clients going, you know what? I didn't think I'd be able to do this and they're doing it, right? They're doing it right. and they're gonna keep doing it for years. Now, you want to keep the business open, right? You got to keep the business open so you can help people. You know, you got to, you know, keep your margin right. and do all that kind of stuff. But I think you have to decide what your scale is, right? If you want to be big, then you got to go for it. You got to go for it and get bigger and get out of that gray zone. But if you don't, then don't. Don't listen to people saying, well, you got to. Like, man, I don't know. I know lots of people... I have lots of friends. They're still at like three, four, five people and they're doing great. Right. They're, they're living the life they want. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's a choice. Yeah. I think there was a big rush, you know, when there's a lot of venture capital deals in the market and, you know, Uber and WeWork and Peloton and everyone's right. like, oh, I got to go get some venture capital money and I got to go and take this idea and I got to blow it up. Um, and I think people, don't fully 
appreciate what path you need to go down oh, yeah. if you're going to do that and what the like the results not not the what's the daily weekly and monthly like how does that change so you know you're on conference calls late at night you're report you're putting a board deck together you're answering questions for people that really don't inherently understand the business right. and the business model they ask stupid questions because they don't know like the special sauce or how it works. Right. Um, and you end up reporting to someone. It's an uncomfortable situation. And then you might spend the next three to five years to try and buy them out or muzzle them or just say, I'm not doing this anymore. Cause I didn't really sign up for this. Right. Um, I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, take, just take a dose and, and a second to, to, Think through, like, if I want to take on an investment partner, you know, and it's an institutional capital partner, their returns and their sole purpose of getting involved in you, with you, is not to get more people to do martial arts, to think holistically, to have, you know, more longevity. It's to make money on the on the purchase oh, yeah. and the sale of the business. And whatever happens during that time, that's great. And we can put it in a press release. Right, but at the right. end of the day, like I'm looking at the financial statement, I'm not looking at the emotional statement or like the, the, uh, like the, uh, you know, Mayo Clinic, uh, you know, body scan of my CEO to make sure he's okay or she's okay. Right. Like, right. I'm looking to make money on this and I'm going to drive it as hard as I can to do it. Having said that there are better investors than others, but I think people really need to know what they're signing up for. And I'm, I'm psyched to hear that you kind of just said, hey, look, my path and one of my tenets or pillars is autonomy and freedom. And anything that goes against that pillar is not acceptable for how I want to roll this out. Yeah, no, you got it exactly right. I think a lot of times, like you're saying, people will get into it. You know, maybe they got a passion for something, but then they start realizing, well, shit. I got to make some money. Everyone's telling me I got to get people investing in me, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then they just get, you know, they're on the ride, right? They're on the ride and they're like, oh shit, how do I get off this thing? And, uh, you know, we've been lucky. We never had to get investment. You know, we kind of just bootstrapped our way up, you know, kept putting money back in the business. Eventually we got, you know, stable. But uh, I think it's a choice. I mean, it's sort of different, but I, my brother's in video games, man, talk about an industry for that. And we have lots of friends and their thing is we're going to build a company. We're going to sell it. We know a guy, he's on his fourth company. He's killing it. He's killing yeah. it. But I'm like, how long can you do this, man? But he just loved it. So sure. if you, you kind of get into that and if yeah. that's your thing. Yeah, but, well, some people are like stereo. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I, mean, I think the thing that people need to understand is it's not an exit for every every company. You know, right. some people live in the company because they can't get out. Yeah, um, I think that's huge. So if you're in the industry, it's got a lot of buyers, right? And you know, in this kind of health and uh, fitness space, I think it's a little different because I I would think a lot of people who get into it, they got a passion for this. They're not necessarily looking for you know that that million bucks or you know, multi-million bucks, you know, some of them are and whatever, but I think the majority of us are like, we're doing it because we want to help people, right? We've been active. We see the value in sure. doing this for ourselves. So I think that's it. Yeah. I just hope people, when they look at their own score scorecard or look at their own highlight reel, that 
you know, the, the, the dollars and cents of the business is, is part of your scorecard and depending on what percentage you want to make it, but getting up every day and being excited about what you're doing, having a relatively lower level of stress, having a good relationship with your investors or stakeholders, you know, is all part of a, uh, a multi-level, um, rating and not, you know, my company's on the top 500 Inc. 500 because you peeped and added Inc. 500 magazine. You know? right. I think yeah. you're right. I mean, you, like you were saying, you got to, what did you start out with? What did you start out with? Right. Why are you doing this in the first place? Right. And you got to, you know, yeah. for us, we were like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is our way to help people, but, you know, keep ourselves, you know, not even independent, but just keep ourselves liking it. Like you said, wake up, do our job not hate ourselves and you know at the end of the day can we do that <laughs> yeah yeah so let me let me ask you one other question just related to you got uh, several different businesses that they have listed on your website um you know as you thought about building the team or or you know you said you started and then you got up to 23 24 people what were some of the most important hires that you made and if you could resequence who you brought on at what time, like what was the most impactful thing for you, whether it was a skill set you didn't have, whether it was a skill set you had, but maybe there was a better use of your time somewhere else. Right. I think a lot of people come to us and say, Hey, you know, here's my org chart. You know, I got one or two co-founders and then I'm going to build this team. But I think there's like a roadmap based on who you are, what you're doing, what the milestones are. So can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I think, uh, it's super hard, right? Is that, that's a hard question. Everyone's like, well, you got to do the marketing director, right? You got to get somebody in who, who knows that, you know, the industry and yeah, is correct. But I think for us, the most important hires were, um, getting our trainers to really interact with our clients. So it's, you know, customer support a lot of times is, you know, outsourced, right? But we put that as our forefront. Like, you know, on everyone that's emailing in or commenting on a social post, they got to get answers that are right in line with what we would say. Right. And, you know, we would be on it too, but I think that's huge. Like you got to get this, if you're really client focused, then every interaction with that client has, has got to work. You know, I think that's, that, it seems trite, but especially for, for something when you're trying to sell, you know. Uh, fitness and performance benefits because people got questions you know there's a lot of people out there trying to tell you what to do right and so you got a lot of choices so your first impression is bad they'll just go somewhere else um in terms of like uh our skill sets and and stuff like that yeah you i mean you need somebody to write good copy you need somebody that knows how to do an email sequence you know you need all these kind of things and my business partner, Addy, is great at it, but you can, you know, how, how many hours in a day you got, right? How many tests can you do out? How many ABs can you do? You need, Brilliant. you need that kind of work. So a marketing team that, you know, kind of understands what you're going for and is able to test things out. I think that's huge, right? If we, if we could have yeah. got that going, you know, you talk about sequencing, I think the client support and having that early on with a save, you know, with a 
catapulted us a little quicker, I think. Yeah, gotcha. And then the last question for you is, you know, you said your your, your parents were uh, in, in the medical field. Is that right? Yeah, my dad was in pharmacy. My d- mom was a nurse. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah. You, know, you know, kids are like that. I was like, right. you know, once I got going, I was like, man, I'm going to be a doctor. So I got into physical therapy because, you know, you actually work with people for longer than five minutes at a time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So did you, um, did you have any, uh, do you have any mentors, maybe like in, uh, somebody from like martial arts back in the day that was one of your senseis or yeah, like yeah. Uh, a friend of yours that was like your older sibling or like what was your, who was like your North Star on like, hey, we bounce this off of somebody or you go to somebody for like, hey, a just sanity check we're thinking about doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a, for physical therapy wise, I uh, actually one of my guys that helped me get into PT school. You know, he was an entrepreneur for a long time on clinics and uh, he was really helpful, Michael Pullen. And then uh, martial arts wise, my teacher, my current teacher now, Burton Richardson, you know, he's been in martial arts since, you know, late seventies, schools all over the place, but he was also doing the, that sort of DVD market, like way before a lot of people. And so it was interesting. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to. I'm learning how to fight and doing all these things. And then the more I talk to him, I'm like, well, this guy actually knows how to sell things, right? Actually knows how to be, do, uh, do business. Cause martial arts, man, is notorious for you. You're not making any money at all, right? You're barely keeping the doors. If you can keep the door right. open. Right. But you know, to have someone that was successful for a long time, actually trying your things, you know, doing the distance learning before people were even thinking about that. And keeping it quality, you know, keeping it quality. So, yeah, those two guys, definitely. Mentorship is, is huge, massive, massive. Yeah, I think I think so many entrepreneurs that are listening here, you know, make sure you got some sounding board, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's an accountant, whether it's, a, you know, somebody in your community or, or even a member that, you know, I usually... Uh, Although I, I use this term, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So find somebody who's got more experience than you do and just bounce it off them. You don't have to listen to them all the time, but at least hear them. Yeah, you man. Know? So, They've been there, right? They've been there. Love what you're doing, man. Oh, thank you. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, if anybody says what industry you're in, you can say you're part of the Halo sector. Halo and sector. Now you are like a it. Halo certified entrepreneur. <laughs> I like it. Thanks, Pete.